There are many stories about pirates. Most of them tend to regale the gallant stories of treasure and women of fervent beauty. It's not often that a tale will involve a woman of mild beauty and little treasure. But alas, here we have the story of Alas, whose possible beauty remains hidden by an unfortunately missing body part. After all, when one is missing an eye, it is a difficult thing for people to overlook. Unless, of course, those people's eyes are elsewhere. But when such a girl is dressed as a boy, the normal place for the male eye to wander towards no longer exists. This is the story of such a girl and her quest for vengeance. Or rather, her discovery of her need for vengeance. As they say, an eye for an eye. And she can't do that until she wakes up from between the barrels where she happens to be sleeping on a dark inner port of which she would soon learn the name. Oi, you! Get up, we need to move these barrels. Huh? Move your arse. Where... where am I? What? Too much to drink, boy. This is Lundaport. Get on with it, yeah? Get home before your mother sees you looking like that. Mother? Oh. I'm going. Hello, dearie. What you choosing? Care for a little treat come ashore? I'm afraid you wouldn't be particularly fulfilled. It's not my fill needs to be full. You're telling me after a long ship's journey, you don't want to welcome port to dock? I don't even have pockets. Mum. Well, how'd you expect to pay for your son? I think I may have to rely on the goodwill of others. The goodwill of others is an unreliable thing to depend on, the girl had decided from her newfound image of society, being that she had no previous image of it to her recollection. Regardless, she found herself sitting down at the counter of the first bar she'd seen to test her luck, penniless as she may be. Perhaps her hunger and thirst had overtaken her common sense. Luckily, she didn't have much of an appetite, so the path to fulfillment would be a bit simpler. What'll you have, sir? Your finest braid and ale, sir. Finest? I hardly think you could afford it. Fine. What about cheapest? That you could afford. Thank you. Could you hurry? Huh. Here you are, then. Uh, a slice? I had a sneaking suspicion. It was all you could afford. Well, all right. <clears throat> About payment. All right. What? Money? Hmm? You don't have any money, do you? Oh, uh, well. Kurt! Vono! Yes, boss! Hi. <laughs> I best be getting on my way. Get this nipper out of my tavern before he eats anything else. Sure, boss. Causing trouble, are you? Just a little. Nothing to beat someone up over. He didn't even give me a full loaf of bread. Just a slice. Right. Well, that's still an offense against a boss. You'll just have to pay for it. And here we run into a problem. I have no money. And here you're gonna run into my fist. With just a little bit of help from me. <laughs> Sorry. Perhaps you should watch where you're going. Or let us strongly suggest you don't come back. 
Of course, having seen this story thus far, my early statement of Locke may seem a bit odd. However, Locke is a very tricky and unexpected thing, as the eyeless, recently beaten girl would soon find as she squeezed in breath after breath on the cold stones in the back alley. You okay? Oh, God. You, you've been beaten. <laughs> yeah, you don't look all that bad. I mean, I've seen worse around here. Just a few bruises. A little cut up. Oh, dear gods! What happened to your eye? Oh, you're hungry. Apple? So, uh, what did happen to my... <laughs> oh, oh, uh, can I take you home? Uh, oh, where do you live? And... She passed it. Wait. Well, I can take her to the university. Thank goodness she's just like a boy. I don't know how to explain a girl. The eyeless girl was indeed lucky, for both food and shelter had been found in one fell swoop, or rather, one fall. The boy who fell did indeed take the girl with one eye back to his dormitory. It was there he decided he would do her a favor and fix her up, as his area of study was medicine. However, he hadn't been entirely instructed on how to treat so unfortunate a wound as the absence of one's eye, and went after an instructor for help. After that had been taken care of, morning had risen, and so had the boy's need to attend his classes. Thus, he rushed out, after jotting down a few scribbles on a piece of nearby parchment, and so the girl slept on, alone, until an unwanted dream jarred her from sleep. Uh, where, where am I? I'm in a room. That's odd. God, my eye socket! Uh, huh? Oh, it's been fixed up. That's especially odd. I could have sworn it was all crusted with droid blood and dirt when I passed out. Speaking of which, why am I in a room? Oh, a note. How nice. Dear friend, I found you lying in the back alley of a tavern and you looked rather famished. Not to mention nearly dead and missing an eye. Feel free to depart, as my only worry was that you not lose your life. If you do decide to leave, please just make sure not to get beaten up quite so badly, or we may meet again. As I found no coin on you, I have provided you with a few to buy yourself some food to ail your quivering stomach. Rania bid you good tidings, Eric Nirag. Such a nice stranger! Three whole pieces of coin! I shall spend the wisely, little ones. Clearly, I must away to ail that quivering stomach now, or it sounds like it will suck me into itself. Yay, I heard you! But it's chilly. Oh, no it's not. I'm just wearing severely ripped clothing. Best men bet. 
He must have something I can borrow. Oh goodness, there's quite a bit of finery here. He couldn't possibly remember he owns all these. I hope he doesn't mind if a set of clothes goes missing. To be sure, Eric Nireg was not a man of material possessions. He always found himself too immersed in his studies to care for them. The existence of as many clothes as he did indeed have was due to his clumsiness. And most of the clothes had various burn marks and stains that proved themselves difficult to remove. The quality in these clothes, however, was still far higher than the sort of rags the girl expected herself to be used to. So she donned the new clothes and made her way back to the dockside inns and taverns in search of a cure for her grumbly tummy. Lacking depth perception is not fun. Ah, but that were a barrel. Ow. Oh. Hello. Sorry. No apology needed, Boyo. We'll say you and me get together. Only for pieces. No. No, I don't think that would be a good idea. Oh no, Boyo. You could use with a bit of loosening of the collar. You studied too hard at that university. University? Oh, yes, well, <laughs> I'm a student. I have no money. Oh, you stole all your clothing then. Never had any to begin with, actually. Money, that is. Sir, you look familiar. <laughs> uh, Molly, look at the sun! Seems we must needs be getting on with me day. What, you can go and buy a drink and not a little something to quench your other thirsts? Don't have any other thirst, Blum. Oh! It's this place. I'm ignoring you, stomach, until I find a safer place to eat. Maybe someone on the docks can suggest something. Could this be? We need to put together a band to search across the seas for the missing Prince Damien. We must move quickly. Time is not on our side. He's out there somewhere, I know it. What has the prince ever done for us? Um, well, lots of things. He's your ruler, and he's only a prince for now. When he becomes the king, then... He'll be just as uncaring about the rest of us as his father. You can't really expect us to go along with this. But he's your prince. Where's your nationalism? Your loyalty? Gone, gone away with lack of a reward. Oh, but, but he will reward you. When he's rescued. Or he should. I don't know how much, but I've never known the prince to go back on his word. He's good for it. Oh, so you know him personally now, do you? Well, um, as a matter of fact, uh, I, well, that is to say... Les, you keep saying we. What mean you by that? Well, me and whoever else comes with me on the voyage. She must be joking. No, I'm, I'm not. A girl a boy? She must be joking. Well, watching a pretty girl prattle on about nothing can only amuse oneself for so long. There's no chance I'd let the ocean spirit see that girl aboard. So right, so just asking for trouble. No sail in his right mind would bring a girl to contest with the sea. We best be no, off. Wait! There's no point in dragging this out. Please! Before. You know what sounds good right now? Rum! Rum! Yes! Please! We need to save him! <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, lass. It seems I'm all that's left. The men from around here, they're 
So convinced woman will raise the jealousies of the sea. Well, what makes you any different? Besides, you're a university student. What use would you be? <laughs> I'm not a student. I'm not even from around here. I'm staying with a, a friend, I suppose. Then you you will help. You'll, you'll help me? Well, I suppose. But with only two of us, we'll have to go about this in a rather risky and mildly illegal way. And this is to save the prince. Anything we can do. Anything at all. It's for the prince. Law shouldn't matter. Excellent. I think I may... Uh... Oh, no. He? Uh, my best friend. that over for you. Oh, no? He won't let me go and look for the prince. Oh. And see what's happened and I thought I might find you here. Are you okay? Is this by disturbing you? Everyone is really worried about you. Come on. You shouldn't wander off without uh, telling anyone, all right? Uh, uh, sir, is this girl prone to fainting? Yes, why? Ah, Lexi, you little narcoleptic case. Here, I'll carry it. Won't you walk to the tavern with me? I fear we must repay you for keeping you busy enough for me to find. Tavern? Of course. I mean, I can't even begin to thank you enough for helping what is to you a complete stranger. She means so much to... Well, to a lot of people. It was nothing. She's a pretty lass, so I figured someone's heart would break if anything bad were to happen to her. You couldn't even begin to imagine. Although I have to wonder, the way she spoke back there, she knows the prince personally. I'll order you a trick. We need a decently private place to talk. After all, one couldn't expect to talk about such important and secretive matters as the prince on a dock where just anyone could hear. So Lexington's overly eager best friend led the eyeless girl to the Agrafin Tavern, an establishment in fact owned by Lexington's mother, a place in which one could slip away from the prying ears of nearby sailors. Riley, you're back. You have Lexi. But where did you find her? She was at the docks, trying to rally up a crew to save Prince Damien. Could you pass us a few drinks, Harry? Oh, I didn't see you there, lad. Where are your manners, Riley? Introduce us. Oh, I never caught snail. I go by Mickip, I think. I'm a sailor, as far as I know. Don't let the finery fool you. If only every sailor who walked in could be as clean as you. A sailor? That explains your accent. Where are you from? I come from... Um... The drinks! Oh dear, I almost forgot. I'm so sorry. You better get Lex in the back. <laughs> She'll come to eventually. Oh, right. I almost forgot I was holding her. She's so light. <laughs> Am I allowed in back as well? Of course. Anything for Lexington's savior. Oh, I did nothing, really. I'll be out front as usual. If you need anything, just give me a yell. Thank you. Thanks, Abby. So... You aren't asking if she knew the prince. It's far too obvious she does. No amount of obsession could lead to that sense of familiarity that dabbled in the air. What I was more curious about is how she knows him. I, I shouldn't be telling you this. If it's any consolation, I have a 50% chance of forgetting due to this blasted eye of mine. I shouldn't have told anyone, but... I... I don't know what to do about her. She's so heartbroken over his kidnapping and gets so strong for how she's been dealing with this. Then the prince means more than I originally thought to her. Okay. I take it you want to know how they met. Well, Lexi was looking for an amulet her brother had given her. 
before he was before he was lost to the ocean. She'd been playing her out of the string rope, and I've never seen her in such a depression since then, though this is close. Anyway, the prince has a habit of walking around as a peasant, if you don't know. The day she lost her amulet happened to be one of those special days the prince would find himself ill. He saw the amulet in the sand and picked it up. He immediately looked around for the owner, to find Lexington crying a bit of ways. The prince has always had a kind heart. He walked over to ask her what the problem was, and once confirmed that the amulet he'd found was indeed hers, presented it to her. She was so grateful she didn't know how to repay him, so she invited him back to the Agrafound Tavern, to here I mean, and offered him any meal he desired. It leaves soon after, but promised he would come back. Since then, he's come back as often as he could get away, and they grew very close. He's the prince. If his heart leads him to a peasant, what's stopping him? That's the thing, though. Three months ago, the king announced his betrothal to Princess Arisa of Soglin. Soglin? To Princess Arisa of Soglin? The ghost princess herself? Don't call her that. I'm sorry. I know it's rude. It's just... Gives me a chance. You love her. Lexington, of course. Of course. <laughs> you make it sound so obvious. I've just seen a lot. And it's not hard to tell how much you care for her. No, I suppose not. Oh, Riley. Oh, you must have brought me home. Hello. Lexi, you're awake. Never run off like that again. Ha! <laughs> And here I thought you were on my side, stranger. I only cushioned your fall. That's not to say I'm not still interested in our ideas. What are you two talking about? I expect it's best you get on your way, stranger. I'll see you out. No need to be bitter, Lex. Stay back there, Riley. Please, any bit of distance I can put between us can only aid how I feel towards you. I'll still be in eyesight. I, I promise I won't run off again. That was a bit harsh. He just gets on my nerves with his overprotectiveness. I can do so much more than he realizes. Uh, stranger, can you leave at the drop of a hat? Uh, I, I've got nothing here, really. Excellent. We'll leave tomorrow. I unfortunately can't just go. I'll meet you at the docks as soon as the sun has risen with the blue blanket. Do you understand me? We will meet at dawn. The prince's life is far more important than my own. And his guards won't listen to me. I know where they've taken him. Or at least who has taken him. And I'm damn well sure of how to get there. You're a lot more prepared than I thought you would be. Well, you try sitting around all day with nothing but the prince occupying your mind. Right, so done. Nicket, as the eyeless girl had named herself, was one want to throw herself into things on a whim, she had decided, especially considering that she really had no clue what had gotten her to the point she was at in life. Lexington, on the other hand, was wont to follow premeditated behaviour, and this whole business with going after the prince was conceived over much thought and planning. Unfortunately, the planning took a wee bit of a hit after this whole business with only having one compatriot in her effort. As for the subject of her pursuit, the Crown Prince was in the clutches of a nasty gang of pirates who are very fond of keeping their prisoners in a deep hole, normally covered by a rock, and separated from their minds. Prince Damien, after having spent too much time on a disgusting ship through treacherous waters in the clutches of these pirates, soon found himself standing clueless before a hole in the ground. 
until, of course, moments later, when he was pushed. Are you all right, dearie? Am I all right? Oh, first I'm kidnapped in the middle of the night, then I'm stuck in the brig of a ship for God knows how long, and then your friend shoved me into a hole. Oh, I don't know. You think I'm all right? Yes, I think you're fine. Those men up there aren't my friends. That's why I'm down here with you. You think it's normal to stick your friends in a hole? I don't know. Maybe it is for pirates. Nope. Never happened before in my life. Dare I ask, what are you eating? Do they actually feed us down here? Crap. Want some? That's absolutely vile. That's disgusting. You won't last for long. You're asking me to eat a rat. A raw one, I'm betting, but I don't think there's anything down here you can cook with. At least you're not eating it alive. How do you live with yourself? I don't have to, now that you're here. Who are you, anyway? <laughs> you don't know. Don't hear much news stuck in a hole. So, if I tell you, chances are you won't know who I am anyway? Yup. Even though I'm someone very important? Most likely. <laughs> Ever heard of a land called Alia? I'm not a moron. It's that, um, uh, big chunk of land over yonder. Good. Now you know who the king of Alia is. Rupert Castanel? Good. Now, do you know his son's name? The Crown Prince Damien? He's engaged to a good friend of mine. And now you've lost me. You can't possibly be good friends with the princess. You're a pirate. And by the way, he's me. Unless you mean Lexington. Though we're not officially engaged. Matters of state getting in the way and whatnot. Vic, you don't want to marry the Princess Arisa? Nice girl and all. Very sweet. Nothing against her paceness, but I'm in love with the tavern wench. You're not talking too nicely about the girl you're engaged to. I'm bitter. It's not my choice. You might want to tell her that. It ever occurred to you that she might not want to marry you? What, is she in love with the tavern girl? Sir Argent. <laughs> That does explain how close they seemed. The looks they kept giving each other. Darn. And I thought she really liked me. You care? You were just talking about how much you want to marry this Lexington girl. Ooh, I'm so much in love! Excuse me for wanting to feel wanted. I think I like being alone more. At least I made sense. And I think I like being in a big cozy castle more. But nobody gets what they want nowadays, do they? You're a terrible snob, you know that? For sucking a hole together, the least you can do is be nice. You started it. So childish, aren't you? Well, but... I don't like you. When I get out, I'm sentencing you to death. Big, giant oubliette, you know? Monstrous hole in the ground. You're not leaving here? Neither am I. Feel free to kill me now. But I do have to warn you, I have very quick reflexes. And I can't control them. Long, painful death sentence for you. As soon as I'm safe, it will happen. Prince Damien was very fond of living in denial. It suited him, especially in dire situations such as this. Prince Damien Castanel of Alia was sentenced to life in a hole, as the pirates who captured him had no intention of returning him. His compatriot was a madwoman by the name of Surveil Arquet, formerly a pirate, and, as it must be reiterated, nuts. 
denying simple truths such as these made everything better. On the other hand, over in Lunderport, Eric Nirag found himself coming to terms with the loss of one of his favourite places of study. Accepting simple truths like this tortured his very soul, but unlike the prince, he was very used to dealing with absolute facts. A fact in which the girl Mikip had decided upon whilst watching him curiously from the doorway of his room. Ah, it's never gonna happen. Ah. Sorry, uh, what's never going to happen? No! Ah. Hank! <sighs> Sorry. Sorry. What? Ah! I... It's all over everything. Terribly sorry. Wasn't anything important, was it? Just a letter to the people who run the university. That why they shouldn't take down the Solmanarium link. But now that took me days to write. The research that just everything. Oh, right. Nothing important then. Don't feel too bad about it. Well, isn't that nice for you? What do you do all day? Think, Ram? Getting the feuds and the like. That's an arm for your types, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, th that's about what happened. Speaking of arm, where did you come from? Uh, why are you still here? I mean, don't you have somewhere to go? If you want me to leave, I can understand that I'm probably being a burden. No, no, nothing of the sort. I was just curious. You don't have anywhere else to go? Maybe? I don't really know. All I know is I woke up on the docks with the bloody eye torn clothing and no knowledge of what happened. You saw me. You probably know more about me than I do right now. So, no clue as to why you're masquerading as a boy? None besides the fact that whatever I was doing, I was being very sensible. Showing up on a dock with a ripped dress couldn't have been terribly smart, you know? I never want to encounter the sort that it uh, Still. Got lucky I was the first one to get to you. Anyone else had taken a closer look. I have exceedingly good luck. Well, except for the missing eye. And I'd like to think that could have been worse, too. Worse? Well, at least I'm still alive, right? And at least I don't have to remember the pain of losing the eye, or how it happened. It's just gone, and I'm just here. You really remember nothing? I don't know. Try asking for something specific. It shows up as a big... Bug entrenched nothingness otherwise. What's your name then? Right a makeup. Oh! Ha! Hey! Look at that! Oh, you remembered my name! Fascinating! Do another! Do another! Uh, oh! What's your mother's name? How do you know if I even have a mother? Everyone has a mother. How do you think you were born? Hmm? Just popped into existence one day? Well. Uh, nothing is coming up for mother. Blast. Maybe you died. Wouldn't know. Don't remember. Alright. What's the first word that pops into your head? Pink. The first word that pops into your head is pink. Uh, I think there was more to it. Like pink, yellowy, jagged scar. That's a description, not a word. Well, I just had this image of this face looming over me with a scar on his left eye. So, yay. It was the first thing that popped into my head. Are you sure you weren't just looking in a mirror? He was blonde, and my eye looks worse than a mere scar. You would know. Yeah, that's certainly true. Right. Well, I best be off. They're leaving? That's the middle of the night. 
Oh, you said you didn't have anywhere to be. I, I was going to come back. I just need to find a few things out around the dock. What are you going to find out at this time of night? Well, lots of things. The ship's going out tomorrow morning, the cheapest woman of the night, dead bodies, and men looking to create new dead bodies. Uh, really gruesome. Why do you need to know about any of those things? Well, I need to know when I'm leaving tomorrow, and I need to know where I'm going. Uh-huh. Where are you going? To find the prince. Do you expect to find this out in the middle of the night? From a dead body? I expect to find out from some drunken madman with the idea in his mind that stealing the prince away is a great way to earn money. Why? Do you think it was pirates? Why? Who do you think did it? Well, myself. I, like the rest of civilized Ilya, I believe it was Solgun. Word's going around, the princess doesn't want to marry the prince. She's in love with some rich duke on another island. Well, that's only partially right. How would you know? Do you ever get the feeling you're far more important than you could ever realize? Do you ever get the feeling that you're really going mad? The answer to that, of course, is yes. And therefore, by taking the answer to his responded question, so too was Crider Mikip's answer. When she had woken up on the docks the previous day with no clue of what happened to her, she had never expected to have a clue of who she was and she had no idea just how important she was. Of course, to discover just how important, you will have to wait until the next episode of Eye for an Eye. I imagine you probably damaged something when you lost your eye. May have been blood loss or something else. It affected your memory and whatnot. Wouldn't be able to tell you as I don't know exactly how you lost it. How did you lose it? To be honest, I, I really don't know. You do remember what we're doing, right? Did you find a crew? A ship? Anything? Well, uh, more like I know which ship we ought to take, and we'll take, and we'll eventually take over. They don't trust girlies like you. Word's gotten around you're looking for a crew, so they all assume. Well, it looks like a very respectable ship. Indeed it does. I think I've thought of a way we won't have to be stuck here much longer. You're leaving me here? Come back, please! I said it would be nice. Ah, seemed this time the pirate was the one to get captured. Next time on Eye for an Eye, Episode 2, Escapes, only at Misfits Audio. Featured in the cast were Christy Plotkin as Crider Mikip, Xander Mobus as Eric Nirag, Alexio Gutierrez as Lexington Conathy, James Watowski as Prince Damien Castanel of Alia. Alisa Michelle Ruprecht Breen as Survey Arcade. Russell Gold as Riley Greenley. Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard as Eric Conathy. Larry Phelan as the Barkeep. Scott Vinicombe as Kurt. Robert Macbeth as Varno. Laura Freshett as the Whore. Greg Vandervelt as the Sailor. Jeremy Pierce as the chap, Jonathan Edward Dornier as the fellow, and yours truly, John Bell as the narrator. Written and directed by Christy Plotkin, music by Kevin McLeod. Eye for an Eye is copyright 2008, RAR Productions. Produced in association with Misfits Audio. Go to misfitsaudio.com for more information. Thank you for listening. Yar. Watching a pretty girl prattle on about nothing and only amuse oneself for so long.
There's no chance I'd let the ocean spirit see that girl aboard. Only strapping your glads. Yes, yes. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, where was I? Music by Kevin McClayard. Music by Kevin McClayard. Music by Kevin Mac Mac Macley Macleyard. Mac Macley Macleyard, my killy Kiard Lord. Kevin did the music for the show. <laughs>